I'm Henry from Fortress on a Hill. We're a leftist veteran podcast that aims to expose the reality of the U.S. military's many wars abroad, the horror that it puts on the people that live in those places, and the damage that military service does to Americans. Congress has abdicated its role, giving oversight to the military. Fortress on a Hill aims to change that. Fortressonahill.com or wherever you get your podcast. Now, back to Lions Led by Donkeys. A former leader of the American Nazi Party is running for Congress in Illinois. As the only Republican on the ticket, it looks like he is about to win the primary next month. His name is Arthur Jones. He has never disavowed his Nazi views. Here's what Jones said at a rally in Kentucky last April. And we warn, warn all of you that the language you're about to hear in this segment is offensive. The white majority are fed up with all of these lying, cheating, thieving, warmongering, child molesting, political pimps and whores of this corrupt and decadent two-party, Jew-party, queer-party system. Arthur Jones, that Republican candidate for Illinois' 3rd District, joins us now. Mr. Jones, it is shocking to hear how vocally and unapologetically racist you are. Are you a Nazi? Well, for the past uh, 15, 20 years, I have not had anything to do with any uh, national socialist organization on a formal basis. But do you call yourself a Nazi? I did have a... I don't call myself a Nazi. I call myself an American patriot and statesman. Okay, well, let me give our viewers some details about this just so they can decide for themselves. You've been part of anti-Semitic groups since the 1970s. You go to neo-Nazi rallies. We have pictures of you there. You were part of the White People's Party. You dress in Nazi garb and you celebrate Hitler's birthday. You're a Nazi. Hello. Welcome to another episode of the Lions Love by Donkeys podcast. All relay. With me in the room today is Nick. Welcome, yes. welcome back, sir. I do this. Yeah. Um, so I was really disappointed. Like I just opened the door five minutes ago to Girl Scout cookies. Oh yeah. And I really wanted to buy Girl Scout cookies, but it's 2019 and everybody's paying direct deposit, and I never have cash. Right. So I couldn't buy any. You figured they'd get with the times. Yeah. Like why can't I just like. PayPal, my Girl Scout cookie dealer. <laughs> like that'd like, be really I, weird. I got my, I got your fucking goods. I'll PayPal you. Yeah, let me slam that PayPal. Mom's in the background, like sweetie. It let's was, go. <laughs> get away from the strange man who's drunk in his pajama pants. <laughs> yeah. Ew, he stinks. <laughs> All right, so this episode we're doing something we've never done before. Let's talk about the Holocaust. I think it was in a party. That's a bad party. (laughs) This party sucks. (laughs) I wasn't even invited, but I had to go. It was in a Q and A. It was. We didn't talk about it, but it was in the Q and A for five minutes, possibly. All right. So uh, more specifically than just talking about the Holocaust, we're talking about Holocaust denial. Yes, and that was in the Q and A. Yeah, uh, which is why I've titled this episode "The Assholes of Holocaust Denial." Um, Nice. Uh, now, before we actually get into the actual episode, uh, a little disclaimer. I'm not debating Holocaust now. No. Not going to do it. No. Um, uh, 
there's a good reason for that. I'm not going to try to prove any of these people wrong uh, because debating and like refuting their points uh, means that their argument is worth engaging, yeah. which it is not. It's not it worth absolutely shit. Is not. It's not worth it. Um, I operate under the idea that I do not debate bad faith actors. Um, there is obviously wealths of proof that the Holocaust happened. Right. Um, we're not here to debate that. Um, the, Instead, we're going to mock them for being vile pieces of shit. Because that's what we do here. <laughs> we mock this is failures. Lions. Uh, so, before we get there, we have to break down the different kinds of Holocaust denial. Because, this comes as no surprise, anybody who's used to conspiracy theories and stuff like that. Uh, there's multiple different shades of this crazy. It has its own brackets. Just breaks off into bullshit. The first kind is outright denial. That is, the Holocaust was faked. It didn't happen. Um, these are the what I will call the Holocaust truthers. Uh, because anybody who's a truther, you know they fucking suck. Yeah. N- name a kind of truther that we've ever talked about in our conversation who isn't a piece of shit. 9-11 truthers, you suck. School shooting truthers, I hate you. Fucking... Um, Jade Helm truthers. I hope you get lupus. <laughs> Those are the funnest, though. Yeah, they are. At least they're like mostly, uh, at least the Jade Helm uh, truthers are mostly like harmless. Yeah, yeah. Except they were, you know, the governor and senators and shit. Uh, Actors. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is the idea that the truthers is the idea that the whole thing was some kind of false flag uh by the world controlling jews to gain the world's sympathy to so they could form their own country and to encourage other jews to immigrate to israel at the time was the palestinian mandate um this obviously means that all survivors are liars or paid shills working for a big israel i don't, okay. I don't know yeah. uh, and all the confessions at the Nuremberg trials are fake. Um, they're not, but you know, uh, because they're either faked or another thing I saw was they were extracted under torture, so they can't be trusted. It, should, it? it should be noted that uh, Adolf Eichmann was arrested and well, was kidnapped slash arrested by the Israeli Mossad in the '60s when he was away hiding in Argentina and brought back to Israel, mm. and he did not just admit to the Holocaust being a thing. Uh, he's like, oh, yeah, we planned it from the fucking top down. Yeah. <laughs> like, here's the paperwork to prove it. <laughs> I really want to know where a lot of these people go, like, just off their off the rails to go, eh, it's not real. So, I mean, this should come as no surprise to anybody that a lot of it is just anti-Semitism. Oh, yeah, for um, sure. Uh, there's a fair amount of it, which is, like, neo-Nazism, obviously. That should not surprise anybody either. Um, like... Uh, you know, obviously the KKK buys into this shit, all the the patriot movement type people that exist now bind to this kind of shit. Uh, but not everybody buys into the outright truther denial phase. Um, you see a lot of the second kind, which was people died, but it wasn't a genocide, which is actually the same kind of denial we see about the Armenian genocide. Right. Um, these are, I'll just call these deniers. Um that is the final solution to the Jewish question was actually uh, the expulsion of all Jewry from uh, um, from Germany. And that was originally the plan. Um, so they're actually, that is as truthful as they get. Okay. Um, that was until the Vansi conference, which like they literally put in paperwork that like we're going to kill all the Jews. Right. So um, their whole thing is, uh, yeah, people died. 
But it was a war. People die. Yeah. You know, Germans were dying too. That, that kind of shit. Mm. Or it's like, um, you see this, uh, but like I said, the Armenian genocide, like they didn't die. It was just a forced migration. You know, people die when that happens. Or, you know, uh, Americans and the, Nat- and, uh, and the Native Americans. Right. That wasn't a genocide. It was just a forced march. And then we took away all their food and they died. Or you see this with- Put them uh, in terrible areas. Right. You see this uh, with- um, Soviet Union people, like people who are like Stalin apologists oh, yes. uh, about the Holodomar. That uh, it, it, sure it was a famine, but it wasn't engineered. When you know, there's definitely it was an engineered famine in the Holocaust. Uh, and um, it, this isn't a Holocaust specific thing, but um, these guys are are, are bad. Um, obviously, they all are. Uh, so they they exist around the world of it was expulsions. Those gas chambers didn't exist. Um, See, these they were the- for delousing. What? <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, those death camps, all these work camps and concentration camps, those were transit camps. Because remember, they're being expelled. They had to gather them all in one place. Oh first. yeah, transit. Yeah. Okay. See, these are the type of people where the deniers they like hide remotes for the TV. Assholes. Just doing things to spite people. Pretty much. I, I changed all the contacts in your phone to superheroes. <laughs> I actually did that once. I did that to somebody when they were drunk. It's not a bad thing to do when they're drunk. That's honestly, Why is Superman calling me? It was, that's actually, it was the first sergeant. I've had worse. <laughs> like the dick on my leg. <laughs> oh, man. So I think I'd rather have the contacts Yeah, that's fair. Up. That's fair. Um, and there's a, there's another kind of the denial that like some people are like yeah yeah there's there Jews died but like the other people didn't because like remember like Roma gay people um, black people yeah, gypsies uh, communists all types of shit um, disabled people those those people are all targeted in the Holocaust as well uh, so you see different shades of the denial um, which is patently absurd like there's literally paperwork that shows like the different kind of badges that they had to wear. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so, like, there's different spectrums of the denial crazy. And then there's this weird, the Jews had it coming camp. What? Um, that is, these people totally think the Holocaust happened, but they deserved it. Who? <laughs> Who said that? Uh, it was one of those, um, the Jews brought it on themselves. How? Uh, like, this is because, so the Jewish world agenda forced the Germans to do this. They had no choice. The Germans had to stop international Jewry. You know what? Those bagels and the gold you hold around your neck... You bastards. You, you gotta go with all those banks and stuff or whatever other things they used. Um, like, there's other parts. Like, there's, there's, there's other parts of that one as well. But, like, they have a penchant for saying also, like, the Jews helped during the Holocaust. Like, that, that they were, like, in the SS and, like, you know, the Jews were camp functionaries. They were, you know, they were called the Sonder Command. Yeah, the Sonder Command. They commanders. didn't have a choice. It, uh, and, the, and normally all this, pretty much all, all the Sonder Commando were killed as well. They, yeah, I think there's a really good book on... The Sonder Commando. It was one of like the five surviving ones. Yeah. Uh, and I, th- I believe he was in Auschwitz-Birkenau. He was in too. Auschwitz. And most uh, Sonder Commando only held the job for about three months and they were killed. Yeah. And uh, like the Sonder Commando's first job as a Sonder Commando is normally to like dispose of his predecessor's yeah. corpse. Uh, and he survived as a Sonder Commander for three years, which is insane. Did a good job, I guess. I, I don't know. I think it's because he was—he had a specialty, mm. and like the SS. Oh, he wasn't he a doctor? No, or? I think he was an engineer okay. or something. And they kept him around because like he was useful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they use that idea like they're uh, you know, collaborate uh, collaborationists, and even the state of Israel doesn't believe that. Uh, now, um, there was some mixed feelings about the Sonder Commando. 
until a couple years after the war when like the the reality of it can like no these guys were victims too yeah um it's it's like um i think they helped with the rebellion yeah they did yeah um, and auschwitz too uh auschwitz auschwitz uh auschwitz birkenau is auschwitz too i i flip flop on the name yeah. uh, but they staged a rebellion using like smuggled gunpowder because yeah. like one of the things in Auschwitz they had, they had the you know the annihilation camps and they had work camps and one of the work camps was um, they made like gunpowder and stuff and they squirreled it away little by little and I believe they blew up a whole crematorium yeah they it. did uh, and they you know they all died but they were they knew they were all going to die anyway so oh, it didn't yeah. matter um, and you see that as a special brand of like anti-Semitism um, from certain like you you've probably seen this on Facebook and I'm sure a lot of our listeners has I know I have where there's that shitty Facebook meme from all of our weird reactionary boomer friends from the army post that thing about George Soros being an SS camp guard oh, or something yeah. besides the fact that the dude was like 10 years old at the time uh, like they try to sell like oh he's like the Jewish Uncle Tom or something. Which is absurd, but you see a lot of that for the the Jews had it coming camp. I don't have yeah. a clever name for them. Um, and here's where I I believe the the most dangerous of these groups are, and these are the people that get traction. These aren't the people screaming from the rooftops that like the international Jew is lying so they can extort money for Israel. The, the, these aren't these people. These are the revisionists. Uh, these are the people who. Don't try to – they normally don't try to argue the whole narrative. They try to fudge little bits and facts here and there. Like Hitler didn't order it. It just kind of happened. You see that a ton because there is no written orders from Hitler saying kill all the Jews, signed a Hitler. Right. Hearts. Smiley face. XO, like, like, XO, it doesn't fucking exist. Big X, little O. But like he had functionaries that operate under his verbal commands to do so. Right. I mean, they have said – they have said that. Um, there's proof of that. Um but that's one of their big arguments is like, well, that was like uh, Reinhard Heydrich's thing. Um, and he did it on his own because he hated Jews. Like these people must completely forget the fact that Mein Kampf was ever written. Because like he Dude, lit- it's in bookstores today. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's actually I, th- I believe it's now public domain. Like if the copyright wore out. So now nobody can make money off of it. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. it may have been part of the deals. Like nobody wants to be the guy who, well, some people want to be the person that makes money off Mein Kampf and. I think I've only seen one person actually publicly buy it. Imagine being the person that goes to Barnes and Noble, like, "Hey, do you guys have Mind Confidence stock?" Yeah. <laughs> I, that's like, probably the person I be, saw. Imagine being that guy. Like, I mean, now I get it. Like, if if you study history and you study, uh, you know. The not the Nazis. You're right. gonna read Mein Kampf because right. you want to know how Hitler thought. Like, because you don't want to be the person that just thinks he's this tiny mustache twirling insane person like you want to know how he ended up there i think at that point i'd order on amazon yeah you you get it in a nondescript unlabeled package (laughs) or you fucking pirate it because there's a million pdfs out there so you don't give some weird publisher money um but yeah i mean though these are people that um who bring up well you know six million jews didn't die in the gas chamber which is true they didn't no um Six million Jew around. It's like five point seven ish is like the number that people have accepted. Six, uh, but they round up to six million. Right, has, has died. No, not all six million were killed in the gas chamber. That's not. An, that's not an argument. But that's like that's how they get into the conversation. I mean, um, it's not like they use the gas chamber for fucking everything. Right. Um, I mean, there was certain annihilation camps, Auschwitz being the biggest. That I think conservative numbers put at least a million people died in Auschwitz. Oh yeah. Um, but then there's like, um, 
entire massacres done on the Eastern Front uh, uh, by gunfire of tens of thousands in a couple oh, yeah. of days. Mass graves. Yeah. They, I think they even had like mobile. Uh, yeah, this Eisen group and death right. squads. They had, uh, mobile, they had mobile killing teams. They had mobile gas chambers. Like there's an entire indus- industry of death. Um, so this is some fucked up shit. Well, that, that, that's why these people are the most dangerous. Because like, like these are the people that end up in rooms surrounded by people and being supported by people who are legitimate. I mean, these are people like, um, yeah, the, the, the Holocaust happened, but it wasn't that bad. Like, cause like, look all the shit that Stalin did or like the, the, the allies you know, killed civilians yeah, too. I hear that all the time. Which sure. But none of those things are related. Like you can be upset about the Holodomar and not like deny the Holocaust. Yeah. Happened. Like genocide is bad. That's not like a political spectrum here. It's it a shouldn't group be. of people. It fucking shouldn't be, but it is. Or like you'll see, I mean, especially now with the you know, resurgent of um, the historical revisionist, like ultra right, like they gloss right over that and they just talk about Soviet Union's atrocities, which they happen. They're horrible. Right. Uh, but that like the what about ism to try to like look away from the Holocaust is which so you can like, no, let's focus on the good things of national socialism. <laughs> no, let's fucking not. <laughs> so I had a, uh, as you a lot of you may know I was a reenactor and uh say it dude all right so I did cosplay for a little go. bit here there and you there go. and uh I ran into a, f- a group of people that sucked giant dick I fucking hated them one of the guys I can't even remember his name but uh he was a huge piece of shit he bought a, a Zyklon B container like right because Zyklon B was used in the gas chamber for the gas yeah. chambers. He's like, he brought it to all the shows for everybody. He's like, look, it was used like real fucked up. Like this dude was an asshole. I bet he, I bet he cosplayed his SS. He they did. Always, they always do. He did. And that's like, a, it's one of the things you see about like historical revisionism when it comes to the SS or the German army, you know, the Wehrmacht in, in, in entire like, well, they were just professionals. They weren't Nazi members. Like, no, they were. Yeah. Like, the SS was literally under the command of the Nazi party. It was not under the command of the Wehrmacht. Right. <laughs> um, but that's why these guys suck. Um, I mean, they, they weasel their way into a legitimate conversation. Um, and, and then like when you confront them on that, they're like, well, I'm just asking questions. And that's like, whenever anybody fucking says that to me, I hope you get fucking struck by lightning or something. I'm like, Oh, I'm just asking questions. Like, no, you're just stirring the shit yeah. to see who's like listening. It's a litmus test. It's like one of those things that like I've I've had that when I was in the army where someone says like really something really fucked up and racist around me to see if I bite or did like to see if like I'm in in their camp. See who grabs. Yeah. yeah. And like it's a litmus test. Like so, uh, you know, the whole Domar was bad, too, you know, and, like just to see if they can change the conversation or see if you can be like, yeah, it's true. Like, no, killing six million people is always bad. It's always bad. Right. Unless six million people are Nazis. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> I'm always for killing six million Nazis. That wouldn't be a bad thing. Um, well, with that out of the way, let's talk about some of these individual assholes. Ooh, individuals. Uh, in America, the Holocaust denial was in a large part birthed by a, a man named Harry Elmer Barnes. Uh, he was a, a fairly mainstream historian. Uh, and a decently respected uh, researcher. Until at one point of his life, his brain turned to liquid. <laughs> I imagine uh, part of maybe some glue, Elmer's glue. Just huffing that shit. Um, so Barnes 
uh, worked for what was known, and this is in the 20s, uh, worked for the Center of the Study of the Causes of the War, which uh, was a German-funded think tank whose entire goal is to explain that the Germans were the victims of aggression in 1914 and the Versailles Treaty that ended World War I was morally invalid. Not off to a good start, Elmer. No. Um, as you can tell, uh, it, it was a propaganda tool. Yeah. Um, and he... Okay. He worked for German propaganda for the Weimar uh, Weimar Republic, and he stayed there uh, until it obviously became no longer cool to work for the Nazis uh, once they came to power. Uh, Following the war, Barnes claimed that there was only two falsehoods made during World War II and about World War II. That was, one, Germany started the war in 1939. Yeah, uh, which I suppose is on brand for him, since he's still arguing they didn't start World War I. Um, And two, the Holocaust. (laughs) Hold on. So so he he worked for the propaganda on German side. Pre-Nazi propaganda. But I mean, there's still definitely a a strong belief that he was being paid by the German government um, during or just before World War II. It almost seems that way. I mean, he was... I've, I honestly, even neo-Nazis have never explained, have, I've never even heard like neo-Nazi revisionist alt-writers try to tell me that the Germans didn't invade Poland in World War II. I've never heard that before. I've never heard it either. Honestly, I'd like to. I mean, I, I would really like to take a deep dive how that brain works. Yeah. I mean, that big, healthy brain that thinks that way. <laughs> uh, I, I did see someone say, yeah, Germany definitely invaded Poland, but it was because a Judeo-Polish conspiracy against Nazi Germany. They had to snuff it out. What? Yeah, I... <laughs> Where do they get this from? That brain is so smooth, you can skip it across <laughs> the pond. Um, one of Barnes' close friends, and someone he called a, quote, distinguished historian, is a Frenchman named Paul Rissignier. Rissignier is a survivor of Buchenwald and Middlebrow Dora concentration camps. Hmm. He is also known as the father of Holocaust denial. Really? <laughs> what? <laughs> Uh, this one blew my mind. It's blowing mine. So, uh, what? Uh, Raisonnier was not Jewish. He was a French resistance fighter. Okay. Um, and he was uh, arrested, and uh, he ended up in the camps because, as a member of the French resistance, he was actually smuggling Jews out of France, uh, away from persecution. Right. Now, that's the thing. He never says that the Germans were not anti-Semitic and they weren't brutal. I mean, he wanted them out he worked for the french resistance uh but the thing is like he was forced to build uh v1 and v2 rockets and like the 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 camps that the the work crews that worked on those rockets were notoriously awful it was some of the uh like the most brutal work you can do for the nazis um he saw beatings starvation disease and outright murder by the ss in the camps uh he eventually escaped which is he like jumped out of a moving train. Like yeah. at one point of the war, the the Germans were moving uh, concentration camp survivors on trains. They called them like trains to nowhere or like death trains because they had no idea where they're going. They just needed to move them. So the trains would just go around in circles forever and ever and ever. Uh, it sounds like a shitty album name. Yeah, the trains to nowhere. Death train. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, like what they there's no food, no water, no nothing on these trains. And as the the war rapidly collapsed, they know where to send all these people because like. It always blew my mind how they thought they were going to win the war, but also have this massive infrastructure involving in like slave camps and death and shit. But like, um, they're trying to find a place to put them. So they just, the train just bounced around endlessly until people just died. And he eventually jumped off the fucking thing and survived. 
Barrel roll. Yeah, do a barrel roll. Um, so this is important to point out. Not all German concentration camps were annihilation camps. Not every camp had a gas chamber. Right. Uh, he was not at one that had a gas chamber. So he had like a work camp? Yes. Okay. Now, death through work and death through starvation and death through disease was absolutely part of the final solution. Uh, not, I mean, they, the, the Nazis wanted to kill everybody, but not everybody needed to go immediately. That's why, like, he never witnessed uh, the selection uh, process that happened at Auschwitz, uh, for oh, example. Okay. Like, you get off the train. If you're a, if, if you're me or you, you're going to go work. Period. Like right. we're, we're not going to die right away. But if you're uh, a woman, child, child older sick. person, sick, any kind of deformity, unless you're a twin or something like oh, that, yeah. they can use for medical experience. You were marched directly to the death chambers. Um, like I think they said within one hour was like a, it was a turnaround. And these gas chambers can hold. Um, so according to the ones I, the numbers I saw, if they operated all of them at once, which they normally did not, all five gas chambers, I believe there were on uh, Auschwitz, they could process 4,700 people in a 24-hour period. Wow. So he didn't see that. He saw death through overwork, which is still a mechanism of genocide. Right. It's that, I mean, like forced marching is a mechanism of genocide. That's how the vast majority of people died during the Armenian genocide was just march until the fucking desert until you die. Um. That's what he saw, but um, he that ended up being his entire argument. He didn't see it, so it didn't happen. Really? Uh, he didn't, uh, like, he lived through it, uh, but he swore and wrote multiple books. This dude is like a fucking endless goddamn machine of putting out books. I'm a little jealous of his well, ability to put out content. That logic is flawed. Oh, man. Oh, my Beyond, God. He... Uh, and this is something you see in the revision, uh, the revisionist camp. There was no Nazi policy of genocide. The final solution simply did not exist. And that is not he didn't see it. true. Yeah. I didn't see my parents fuck. Right. But They're not you were parents. conceived. Yeah. Therefore, I must be Jesus. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I almost want to get one of his books. Uh, so uh, one of the people that uh, translated all of his books was the guy we just talked about. Oh, Elmer. Really? Yeah, because this guy's French, uh, and uh, yeah, he's the one that translated most of his books. And um, thankfully, all of his books sold terribly. Uh, he, and uh, he had been tortured and beaten so badly by the SS during his time in captivity, because remember, he was in a concentration camp. Yep. Uh, he suffered health problems until he died in 1967, a complete and broke asshole. You know what the last thing he was working on before he died? The history of Israel. What? <laughs> Um. Yeah, this uh, dude is a roller coaster. <laughs> and Rissinier is a, a special kind of asshole because while I can respect his work in the French in the French Resistance for smuggling weight, right. I don't know how many Jews away from a certain death. I don't know, but because of him and because of his books and because of uh, his arguments and because of the fact of his past of being in those camps, he is cited to this day by Holocaust deniers. Like, well, he was there and he didn't see it. He started off so good. I know. It's like if he would have just been fucking executed by the goddamn <laughs> Gestapo as a resistance fighter like most people were, he'd been a fucking hero. Yeah. Instead, like, he died an asshole. He had, like, he had a slump during his career, and he stayed in that slump. Yeah, sometimes the slump is just your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which brings us to our first educator-turned-denier. 
Austin App. Austin App. App. Yeah. He, he was a professor at LaSalle University and taught medieval English literature. Medieval lingu- English? In, yep. That's, that's right. That's pretty sweet. And that's the last time App will ever be sweet. Oh. So in 1973, App laid out his eight axioms, as he called it, which according to him were incontrovertible tr- proof that the Holocaust was not real. Now, if you were to name this book as offensively as possible without using a racial slur, because okay. I don't feel like getting banned from iTunes right. and losing all of our listeners. Okay. Also, I don't feel like being an anti-Semite. What do you think he called this? If I didn't see it, I it didn't happen. It was called the Six Million Swindle. What? <laughs> <laughs> and those axioms are, one, immigration, not extermination, was Nazi Germany's plan for dealing with the, quote, Jewish problem. Two, no Jews were gassed in any concentration camps, including Auschwitz. Three, Jews who disappeared during the years of World War II and have not yet been accounted for did so in territories under Soviet, rather German, control. Four, the majority of, the majority of Jews who were killed by the Nazis were people whom the Nazis had every right to execute as subversive spies and criminals. Five, if the Holocaust claims had any truth, Israel would have opened its archives to historians. Six, all evidence to support the figure of six million dead rests upon the misquotes of Nazis and Nazi documents. Mm-hmm. Seven is incumbent upon the accusers to prove the six million figure. And eight Jewish historians and other scholars have great discrepancies in their calculations and the numbers of victims, which is like they he just revisited the six million figure like four times. Right. Um, yeah, those are all incontrovertible proof arguments over, right? That's right. Yeah, all those Jews had to come in there criminals. <laughs> Yeah, so his book sold well, good, bad. So this is a pamphlet. Um, a pamphlet. I couldn't tell you how much he's, how many of them he sold, but he is considered. This guy is considered like the father, like the like the father of American denialism. Because remember, he's a fucking college professor, right? Um, and this was back in the seventies, right? Seventy three. So like the height of the hippie movement. Okay. <laughs> I'm still... It's almost kind of impressive. He hits every kind of denialism in so few words. Also, it gets better. So have you heard of Reason Magazine? You're not Reason a, Magazine. You're not as... No, un, I You're haven't. not as unsufferably as uh, online as I am. But so let me... Ex- you've seen Reason Magazine, if you don't believe it. Um, it is m- more commonly known as that like really annoying-ass website all your grading libertarian friends share on Facebook constantly. Okay. Like... Um, some shit that I have to block a lot. It, it's okay. something you wouldn't read. And I can tell you, I have not read many Reason Magazine. It's, it's like it's a libertarian think, think tank magazine with questionable funding. Guess who wrote for Reason Magazine? Austin App. Our boy App. So that's right. The, uh, the, and, and Reason is not only exists to this day, they're doing better than ever. And um, so despite the fact he's a Holocaust denier and was openly pro-Nazi, and writing what? about yeah, he was writing about the plight of the poor German people after World War II, calling it quote one of the worst mass atrocities in human history. Reason not only still has the article available, its uh, website has him listed as a con- as a contributor, even though he's been dead since 1984. What you can look fuck? it up right now. Reason magazine supports Holocaust denial. Go fuck yourself. Jesus. <laughs> And I still remember in high school when one of my uh, teachers, she was teaching us how to basically run a business. It was actually a pretty good class, except for the part where she tried turning everybody in her class like libertarian. Ugh. 
She'd make us watch videos and be like, see, see, see taxation, the theft kids. Yeah. <laughs> and then she'd talk about like uh, drilling. Fuck. What was it? It was uh, fracking. There we go. Oh, right, right. All the fucking time. And I was like, I just want to learn how to <laughs> so I can go home. Ugh. Man, you're not giving me a lot of faith in the California public school system. You shouldn't have had faith. Oh, speaking of California, we'll get to you. Oh, <laughs> sweet. Uh, so also, thanks to App and Reason Magazine, we now have the Institute for Historical Review, a Holocaust-denying think tank based in California. Yes! <laughs> we have something. So the IHR goes one further than Holocaust denial and runs pretty much full-on screaming into neo-Nazi territory. Uh, their website looks like it was made on Angel Fire Circa around 2003, uh, and it still exists. Uh, on its front pages, they're selling books like t- uh, titled Hitler, Churchill, and the Unnecessary War, The Holocaust Industry, and America's Second Crusade. Because if it's one thing they hate more than Jews, it's Arabs. This is awesome. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, the IHR was so sure the Holocaust didn't happen. They once had a challenge. They bet $50,000 and nobody could ever prove that there, anybody was ever killed in a gas chamber. Holy shit. <laughs> I think everybody can see where this is going. Did, I'm, did en- they give up money? Enter like- Auschwitz survivor Mel Mermenstein, the sole survivor of his entire family and uh, survivor of Auschwitz. He submitted a notarized first-hand account of watching his mother, sister, and hundreds of other people being ushered into a gas chamber number five on the Auschwitz II camp, otherwise known as Auschwitz-Birkenau. Pretty damning. Yeah. He saw it. Okay. Also, the, you know, the, all the first-hand accounts of all the guards and everything, but the IHR refused to pay, saying he had to be lying. So, what do they need? Well, here's the thing. Mermenstein brought his fucking ass to court. <laughs> they owe me <laughs> uh, suing him for breach of contract libel slander and various other things uh, the superior court of Los Angeles County judge Thomas Johnson ruled that the Holocaust was known as judicial notice now that's a law speak for being such common knowledge no more proof needs to be found right uh, furthermore the judge required them to write a letter of apology to Mel and every other survivor of the Holocaust and pay him $90,000 instead holy shit of course, they neither paid him or ever wrote an apology. Really? Yeah. Uh, also, like there, there was like a back and forth because like Mel wrote an entire book about it, did interviews. So the IHR sell, uh, uh, sued him for libel for like bad mouthing him, which then they had to drop because they realized like I was literally proven in court to be libeling this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Asshole. Don't this worry, is in California. Yeah. Don't worry. Nineteen eighty five. Oh, somebody fucking firebombed their offices and they lost everything. Really. <laughs> Yeah, Holy they shit. lost ninety percent of their inventories on tapes, books, and all the other sort of bullshit. <laughs> it's the first time that ninety percent of something was lost, and still nothing of value was lost. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, there's all the people involved because, like, yeah, who would have thought a fucking weird think tank full of neo Nazis and Holocaust deniers is full of assholes? Uh, they were like embezzling from the like somebody embezzled like seven million dollars from them. But also, how the fuck did they have seven million dollars? Where? I don't know. It's probably in the office. All, and then, like and, in the drawer. And then at one point, somebody fucking sold their entire mailing list to the Church of Scientology. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you're dumb enough to believe this shit, <laughs> you might fall for fucking Xenu too, you stupid fuck. Oh. <laughs> However, 
the IHR is that the only time Holocaust and I would end up in court. <laughs> would they do this? Uh, this brings us to one Ernst Zundel. Uh, Zundel was German national whose dad fought on the Eastern Front of World War II. Not a strong start there. No. His dad also was a volunteer. He was not drafted. Really? <laughs> yeah, he was in the SS. I believe this. Um, I will fight for this. He, uh, so he then, uh, at the fall, uh, you know, at the end of World War II, West Germany is now a thing. He ran to Canada when he was 19, so he didn't get drafted by West Germany. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, once in Canada, he then founded Samus Dot Publisher. Uh, which specialized on publishing books like uh, titled with wonderful names like The Hitler We Loved and Why. What and the fuck? Did Six Million Really Die? <laughs> yeah. See, he unfortunately, he picked the wrong fucking country to come to because this old man's insane ramblings, you're thinking, uh, might not have much of an audience. You know, his biggest audience was across the board of the United States. Oh, my God. His mailing list reached up to 30,000 people. Now, this is a mailing list. This is before the fucking internet. And he still found 30,000 people. Imagine if he existed now. 30,000 assholes. Yeah. It's just like the entire Donald subreddit. Ooh. (laughs) And uh, the problem Zundel was he picked the wrong country. This shit's illegal in Canada. Really? Uh, So at one point, and and especially West Germany, where he was shipping tons of stuff to loyal readers. West Germany's like, we're getting all this shit shipped from Canada. Canada followed it back to his fucking sums of that publisher, whatever the fuck you want to call it. And literally uh, made it illegal for him to mail things. Uh, After that, they realized uh, that inciting, uh, so like unlike the United States, inciting things like racial hatred, saying like, I mean, most of the people that we mock online, that shit's like illegal in a lot of places. Right. Also, another thing that's illegal is is spreading outright falsehoods. Provable falsehoods is illegal. Like fake news against the law. Um, And he was eventually brought to trial for it. I want to bring up something on the uh, it's illegal to like in West Germany. Fuck. I can't. It's not. It's in my head. All right. So. One of my reenactor, like people that was in charge of one of the groups, yeah. he was in the army back when West Germany was a duty station. Like they had to be in West uh-huh. Germany at all times. So he was reenactor at the time as well. He, they'd have to go underground to like black market, buy some German shit. Yeah. The swastika is still legal yeah. in Germany. Um, and, it, and I imagine like during the intense denazification programs and post post-war West Germany, probably more illegal. Oh yeah. Um, like even um, like selling any of these books that I named illegal, uh, and you know it's weird. I'm caught in a crossroads as a writer, as someone who says offensive shit all the time on this podcast. I'm against censorship, but at the same time, like I get it. Like this should be illegal. that's understandable. Like I do not believe that, and that's another thing. He was once arrested in Austria for Holocaust denial. Really? Yeah, because it's fucking illegal. Uh, I believe it's le- and it's illegal in like uh, a few other places as well. Um, uh, you know, it's it, I, I don't like censorship because you know that can that can come flying back in your face. But at the same time, like fuck him, I don't care. Fucking throw him in prison. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he was uh, eventually brought to trial, 
And he, the charge against Zundel alleged that he, quote, did publish a statement or tale named Did Six Million Really Die that he knows is false and likely to cause mischief to the public interest in social and racial tolerance contrary to the criminal code. So those charges, you know this is fucking bullshit and you're doing it anyway, which is kind of funny. Uh, is what? he still on... He's on trial in Canada. Really? Uh, Any of the the interesting part, it put him in a weird place because, like, not only did he have to prove it, he believed it. He had to believe it was right. Like, he had to prove it was right. See, my eyes are closed. It didn't happen. (laughs) So, if you think a trial against a well-known neo-Nazi and Holocaust denier was going to be normal, you'd be very wrong. At one point, the prosecution brought Holocaust survivors uh, as witnesses because, yeah, I mean... Millions of them exist. Right. Why not? Uh, and, you know, they told horrible stories about watching family members being led away and never returning, watching people be marched off to the death chamber, shit like that. To this, Zundel's attorney uh, remarked, quote, if those who disappeared might not have just been let out a nearby gate. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a fucking yikes for me, bro. Who's his attorney? It was. He's a, an asshole too. Yeah. You know, and I understand. So I understand attorneys have to have a legal yeah, mandate I, to defend people, but you cool didn't have all. to fucking say that. Right. I feel like they should have something where they can go, I'm not saying that, dude. Like, if, yeah. Like, if you're the defense attorney here, you just argue that he believes it. Like, right. You don't argue that the family members are just let out of back gate. I would. That's insane. That's literally fucking nuts. Um, as you, if you can can't tell from this fucking brilliant argument, he was convicted. Uh, but because of a technicality, there was a retrial. In 1988, he called out the big guns, fellow Holocaust deniers David Irving and Fred Letcher. Uh, Irving, a historian himself, found himself in court once in England as well. Uh, so. He sued the author of a book titled Denying the Holocaust, a woman named Deborah Lipstadt, because he was called out by name in the book for being a massive asshole. Um, And he cited one passage in particular for his slander and libel lawsuit. And it said, quote, Irving is one of the most dangerous spokespersons for Holocaust denial. Familiar with historical evidence, he bends it and conforms it with his ideological leanings and political agenda. A man who is convinced that Britain's great decline was accelerated by its decision to go to war with Germany. He is most facetal at taking accurate information and shaping it to conform his, to his conclusions. Review of his recent book, Churchill's War, which appeared in the New York Review of Books, accurately analyze his practice of applying a double standard of evidence. He demands an absolute documentary proof when it comes to proving the Germans guilty, but he relies on highly circumstantial evidence to condemn the Allies. This is an accurate description of not only Irving's tactics, but those of deniers in general, end quote. Uh, He brought her to court over this. Really? During his trial, he represented himself, as any good crazy people do. Uh, And he fucking lost spectacularly. Remember, he went into there suing her. Yeah. He came out bankrupted. Fuck him. (laughs) (laughs) He came out fucking bankrupted. It was literally proven by a judge to be a lying asshole on on fucking court documents. I literally hope that court, like, the whole case lasted, like, Five minutes. Like it lasted a, an embarrassing amount of time. 
Because really? like remember the whole like they they try to turn all of this into the Holocaust is fake, therefore I'm right. So they get put in this position of looking like complete fucking unhinged crazy people, which they are, but then they end up being on stage talking about how gas chambers never happen and all this other shit. Like even though there's like literally un an in, incalculable amount of evidence against them. They stand up and say screaming at the clouds. And it just goes on forever. So you see the gas chambers were actually showers. Yeah. Yeah, there's even shower heads. Yeah. See? So, some I'm of the right. guards are even so nice to give them towels and soap. Which mm. is actually true. And yeah. those I hope those guards are dead. I hope uh they were the guards who, like when the Americans took over a camp, they just let the the oh, yeah. the survivors off on I hope they were one of them. And I know as a soldier, veteran, all this other shit, I'm supposed to believe in the Geneva Convention. I absolutely do. But fuck them. <laughs> Good uh, way. I like that. Now back to our Fred, Fred Lucher, who will be the last main story we tell today. Is, is he an asshole too? Oh, boy. Oh, man. Before he suddenly became a Holocaust expert, Lutcher founded a, the, the company known as Fred Lucher and Associates. His company sold their services to states looking to, quote, improve, document, ascertain the effectiveness of their capital punishment equipment. That's kind of a mouthful. So let me explain to you thusly. Fred Lutcher was a traveling electric chair salesman. Right. Okay. He sold electric chairs and he built them. He also built like gas chambers for certain places and he built uh, lethal injection mechanisms. Did he have a website? Uh, this is in the fucking 80s. Oh, okay. Um, so, for reasons that aren't entirely clear to anybody, really, he was hired by Ernst Zundel to testify as an expert witness for the price of $30,000 in 1980s money. Uh, oh, my God. He came to Zundel at the recommendation of the warden of the Missouri State Penitentiary. You see, he built a gas chamber for the warden. Really? Yep. Was that allowed? Oh, yeah. He was a contractor. What the... F- yeah, he was he was a traveling death salesman. He sold there's a very good chance if anybody was executed in the United States between 1989 and the 20 years preceding that, Lucher was involved. It almost seems like he actually bought the 6 million swindle. Oh, he sure did. Sweet. Um so Fred jumped on a plane to Poland Reading, with, his wa- with his wife. Reading the six million yeah. swindle. Uh, why was his wife there? Because he didn't see. When you have to tell someone you're about to do what, what he's about to do, you, you just don't. You just lie to him. And he told his wife that they're going on a honeymoon to Poland. What was he really doing? Well, Fred broke into Auschwitz. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and you see, he had to prove that nobody was ever killed in a gas chamber. And he brought his wife with him? Well, his wife wasn't in Auschwitz with him. But what he did do is bring a camera guy. To videotape him breaking into Auschwitz. What the fuck? Uh, so he went into Auschwitz's gas chamber with a hammer and a chisel and began to take samples. Because remember, uh, cyanide uh, would show in concrete, right? Right. Okay. Not really, but sure. Okay. I mean, this is 50 years after this had happened. Right. I, I mean, the World War II has been over 50 years at this point. Um, because and he video he videotaped it because when you're gonna break like five international laws, why not make it like really fucking easy? Why to Why not get convicted? blow up? Also, why he not? was never he never got in trouble for this. Really? Yeah, I mean, he just never went back to Poland, so that probably helped. I feel like they should still do something. Yeah, we should like, probably something we, should happen. We probably should have sent him to Poland. Um, you see, Fred was trying to prove that no gas had ever been used in the chamber. 
So how did he possibly get these stolen samples tested? Like, no lab is going to touch these. Well, he lied. He brought them to a lab and told them that it was for a court case about an industrial accident. And surprise, surprise, they showed very low levels of cyanide. Because, of course they did. It's concrete 50 years after cyanide was used. Right. Um, The lab manager testified as much at trial. Uh, you're probably asking, wait, why the fuck did the lab manager testify? He had no idea what fucking trial he was at. Right. He only found out after he stepped off the stand where the fuck he was testifying at. When he listened to other people talk. That fucking sucks. Uh, the manager done the test completely incorrectly, uh, to prove gas being used. Cause remember he had been lied to. Uh, he te- he tested the entire sample for cyanide. Like he uh, like he was given large chunks of rock, and he tested it like you test anything else. He pulverized the sample completely and then tested what was left for cyanide. Uh, he said this was like quote analyzing paint on a wall by analyzing the timber that's behind it. Uh, so like imagine that we just fucking rip out the the studs behind the wall behind us. Okay, and then try to test those studs to what color the walls are <laughs> okay i get it also that's pretty good it gets even dumber than that um the nazis destroyed the gas chambers at auschwitz when they retreated what stands today is a mostly reconstruction and i've seen them i mean they look like i get like they look they're terrible i mean the bait it's still i would say like i don't know half real uh, half original half reconstructed okay um Meaning the guy who was supposed to be a fucking gas chamber expert did not notice that these were not the original fucking gas chambers. Not to mention this complete public knowledge that these are reconstructions. He's not, is he, he's not an expert. He's not an expert in <laughs> like, fucking anything. Who gave him an expert? And that's the thing. After this, his career was fucking ruined. The publicity that came from this trial was not good, as you can imagine. But on the bright side, he did start a... Very lucrative public speaking tour with who else than the Institute for Historical Review. <laughs> uh, the publicity on his trial uh, also made people look into him and find out he was not an engineer, which he had been selling himself as for decades. He's not in anything. He's, He's an asshole. He had a Bachelor of Arts. <laughs> oh, nice. I'm still, my head's still wrapped around. You broke into Auschwitz. He broke into Auschwitz. Uh, to get rocks, like concrete sample. Dude. <laughs> right. And not not to mention, like, there's other ways to go about testing it. Like, they tested the, the, the gas chambers when they liberated the camps and found, like, it's so much cyanide. Yeah. Um, also, uh, I'm not a chemist, so I could be wrong here. If somebody's wrong, please correct me. Um, when cyanide is used, it leaves what is known as pl- a Prussian blue behind. It's something like, I think, like, sulfates, heavy salt, something like that does to concrete. It leaves a blue tinge. Mm. Death chambers are blue. Ooh. Pretty heavy incidents of cyanide. Right. Um, and then there's other ways they can test it as well. Um, but so uh, now that he was found out to be a fraud, uh, so I'll, I didn't know this, but to be an engineer and work as an engineer, you have to be licensed, depending on the state, I assume. But he's from Massachusetts. He right. worked out of Boston. Okay. Uh, in Massachusetts, you have to be a licensed engineer to work as an engineer. He was never one of those things, but he worked as an engineer at building death chambers and tables and chairs that kill people, too. I built this. Yeah. Uh, I'm an and, uh, engineer. And he was brought to court over it. 
Uh, he was found guilty and was sentenced to two years of probation. Uh, which, you know, maybe fuck him, but whatever. I guess that's, he only broke a licensure law. Uh, he claimed that he was found guilty because of Jewish pressure. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we can all be happy that he died penniless and alone as a telemarketer. Fuck that guy. <laughs> um, and, you know, we can go just on and on and on about this kind of shit, like this uh, modern day historical revisionist and Holocaust nights, things like that. Yeah, I, it's sad to say that I've encountered not maybe deniers. I've encountered people who are all for it. And, yeah, they, which is, they fall into the, the weird... Um, they had it come in camp or whatever. Right. They literally victim blamed them an entire genocide. It's weird. Yeah. They shouldn't have been dressed like that. Um, and you know, I've, I've ran into a few people who believe this too. And, it, and it's belief in it is very uh, regional. Obviously there's a large, la- oh, sorry. I don't mean large. I mean a loud, small population of people who believe this in the United States. I mean, 30,000 people sounds like a lot. And it is. You you don't believe that 30,000 people would be just Holocaust deniers. But in a, you know, a country of 400 million people, it's not that many people. It's not, but at a time where there's no internet or actual... It's it's <sighs> insane how well that The reach spread. that it got right. is insane. And you know, there's more people like uh, the, pres- the former president of Iran, Mahmoud Ahmadinejad, Holocaust denier. Oh yeah, um, Hamas. The the guy who founded Hamas, Holocaust denier. These are things you kind of expect, right? Um, I'm still again with the whole thirty thousand thing, and that was just in the United States, right? Like uh, Western Germany confiscated like I think like two hundred packages, just full of his books and his pamphlets. That's insane. Um, like, and, and, you know, this even... shit's dangerous. Um, I mean, the Holocaust is one of humanity's greatest sins. And, um, Agreed. you know, the one of any, I'm, I'm, I guess, you know, I'm a little biased cause I'm Armenian, but like the reason why things like this are important to know, cause like I, I there was a, a, an article that came out the other day that said like 38% of people have never heard of the Holocaust. Something insane. Really? Like yeah. That's insane. Uh, and that number goes up depending on where you, where you're asking it. Um, and one of the things that Hitler said when he was committing one of the greatest sins in human history was, after all, who speaks of the Armenians? Like, it wasn't important. People will forget about this. Mm. Like, it's okay. They'll get over it. And wow. like, that's why I did not, I'm not, I'm not here to debate a Holocaust center. I'll never fucking debate a Holocaust center because they're not to be debated. No, yeah. Um, and that goes for anybody who believes shit like that people who deny um the armenian genocide people who deny the holocaust people who uh deny uh what happened in rwanda was a genocide people who deny that uh what happened in myanmar recently is a genocide like those people do not need to be engaged their argument is worth shit they're to be attacked and discredited and cast aside like the garbage for sure that they are and that goes for every historical revisionists and that's why i will i made uh, i fucked up and i'll admit that during our prager you episode when i had justin rose on i debated them point by point and that's fucking stupid of me um i should have just mocked them because they're assholes that deserve to be mocked 
and I'll never do it again. It's all I'm, right. We never need to bring these people to equal footing because they're not. And that's where I'll leave us here today. Is redemption. That, yeah. This is my, I guess this is my redemption episode. I do not need to treat these people like they're good faith actors who want to debate. They're anti-Semites, they're neo-Nazis, and most importantly, they're fucking assholes. Fuck them. And I don't even think 30,000 people got Bowflex with all the marketing they did. So. <laughs> uh, those adjustable dumbbells are pretty popular. I don't know. Uh, so we'll leave you on that serious note. Um, so as always, you can follow us, lines underscore by. You can follow me at jcast99. Follow me at nickcastm1. He might post once a week. Uh, if, I might. It if, depends on how busy I am. If, if you like what we do here, you can support us on Patreon. Follow the link in the show notes. If you want to wear a shirt, you have to wear a shirt if you go outside. Yes. Why not make it one of ours? Um, I wear mine on the reg. Hell yeah. Um, you know They're you comfortable. Can, they don't... You know what? They it's cover your good. nipples. They do. And you know what they also don't do? They don't shrink as much as... like Because apparently I'm really bad at laundry and I shrink a lot of shit. Yeah. So, I got that going for me. And you know what they also they don't do? They don't deny the genocide like Reason Magazine does. Fuck you, Reason Magazine. And with that... We love you, and we'll see you next week. Later. Hi, this is Nate Bethay, and I'm the producer of the Lions Led by Donkeys podcast. This show is brought to you by Audible, and as it just so happens, Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash donkeys and browse the selection of audio programs. Download a title for free and start listening. Once again, that's www.audibletrial.com forward slash donkeys to get started.